Hey, welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. What a testimony. <coughs> Going to deal with the concept this morning, uh, living faith versus dead faith. Uh, I'm going to start out in the book of Mark, chapter number 11. I feel like there's a great big shift that needs to be made in our faith. I title this living faith versus dead faith because faith can look like faith sometimes if it's dead or alive. And it can be a misconception of thinking that we are believers when really we have a concept instead of a reality. And we settle for the concept of what we believe instead of having the ability to bring what we believe into reality. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to have the right words and I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit to expose these two levels of faith uh, so that you can lift yours up by the light of the word and judge your faith today of whether you have a living faith or a dead faith. Of course, I know some of you are thinking about James. I'm not even taking my t- uh, text out of the book of James, but James says a faith that doesn't have an active living response is a dead faith. I mean, how much do we live or how much do we believe that don't create a response of obedience in our lives? So we're going to work that today, and I want you to stay with me uh, in, in this message today, and let's see what the Holy Spirit unfolds. Uh, Amen. Where are y'all at? In the book of Mark? Let me get over there. The The book of Mark, chapter number 11, and verse number 22 says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Cherish, it's good to have you here this morning. Let's give it up for Cherish. You that know Cherish knows she's an overachiever. And she proved it by breaking both feet at the same time. I mean, that takes skill. That's, she's gifted. That takes talent. You're awesome, Cherish. Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall Say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shalt not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Tell your neighbor, you got to say some stuff. Isn't it amazing how you can believe on one hand and have doubt in your heart on the other? Come on now, am I the only one? I mean, are y'all just so spiritual that there's not the struggle from within? 
If you believe and do not doubt in your heart, it ain't the belief I have the problem with, it's the doubt that I have to confront sometimes. Therefore, I say unto you that what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and what? Talk to me. It's amazing if you'll run that deep enough, you'll understand that the Bible literally says, if you believe you have received them, you shall have them. That changes the dynamics of prayer. Uh, turn to 2 Corinthians. I'm not going to turn there. If you'll give it to me on the screen. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 1 and 2. Then I'm going to go to John. But it says... We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he says, I have heard thee in a time of accepted and in the day of salvation have I helped you. Behold now, somebody shout now. It's very important. Now is the accepted time and behold now is the day of salvation. Turn with me to the book of John now, and I really want to, I want you to be looking for something because I'm going to read about 20 scriptures. And I'm about to preach on the three dimensions of faith, past, present, and future. I just read you the scriptures out of the Corinthians where God said the only time is acceptable is right now. But I'm going to read you the struggle of Martha on what she believed could have been and what she believes one day shall be. Sometimes we get stuck in the middle. I want to read that, and that's what I want you looking for in the text. John chapter number 11, verse number 19 says, you know, Lazarus has died. He's been buried. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's looking into the past. This would not have happened if you'd have been here. But I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, he will give it unto you. And Jesus said unto her, your brother shall rise again. And Martha transitions from her now to the future and says, uh-huh, thank you. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Her past and a misconception of the future robbed her of her now. Mm, thank you. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And furthermore, whosoever liveth and believeth in me, he ain't never going to die anyway. Do you believe this? She said unto him, yes, Lord, I believe you're the... Oh, so she's, turned, she's changing the subject now. <laughs> this is getting uncomfortable, Jesus. 
I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which come into the world. And when she said this, she left. i got to get out of this conversation. He's confronting me about right now. <laughs> and when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master has come and he's calling for you. He didn't call for her. She copped out of a conversation. Come on, Jesus wants you. I'm uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Thank you, teacher. Teach that. Would you please? I ain't got time. How many times is somebody up here preaching and you're, <laughs> and you're delivering that sermon to someone else? It's you he's calling. No, I'm talking about you right now. <laughs> oh, I'd hate it for Jesus to be my pastor. Twenty-nine, And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, but he was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her. When they saw Mary, that she arose hastily and went out, they followed her, saying, She goes to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord... There's that prehistoric faith. If thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I don't know if I'm going to preach it, but if you want to know what that means, you can and you're taking notes, to groan in the spirit means to snort with anger. I can't change the definition. That's what it means. Look it up on your phone. It means to snort with anger. It means to be in total annoyance or irritation. Not only did he snort in the spirit, but he was troubled, which means very disturbed and agitated. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, comes to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Mar Martha, the sister of him that was died, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he's been dead four days. I think one of the greatest enemies in your life, amen, and I hate to pull you into my convictions, but I hang around a lot of you and I see your cars and your houses and I see how you do business. And I've come to the conclusion that the biggest enemy of the body of Christ, one of the biggest enemies is procrastination. Somebody just wave at me if you might be guilty. Procrastination. You know what procrastination means? It means to postpone or delay something that needs to be done. The Bible says to everything there is a season and a purpose. Therefore, when you procrastinate, you're taking something that should have been done in this season and you're delaying it to another season. And usually when it comes to procrastination, that season is not near as convenient as if I would have done it now. Somebody help me right there, amen. You know when, you let your, when your yard needs to be mowed and weed-eated? 
but you have a spirit of procrastination and you say, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and you put it off to another season, so by the time it comes time to do it, it's aggravating. Oh, y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what you're talking about. It's aggravating, amen, because now you're having to rush through something you should have done in its season. Amen? Uh, I'm going to go out there and look at y'all's cars and see how nasty they are today. Anybody got a car you need to wash? Uh, anybody got French fries in the floorboard? You're going to get them out tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to get that seasonal, you know. Amen, that's seasonal. If you don't get them out now, they start drawing ants. And I just need somebody to help me, amen. I just need you to analyze your life right now and ask yourself, do you have a demon of procrastination? Amen. It causes problems in the home. It causes problems with the spouse. It causes problem on the job. It causes problem in your finances. Amen. Come on, I'm just being a pastor today. I'm just happy to you. Amen. It causes all kind of problems because you, do, you have a spirit of procrastination and tomorrow is always a better day. Amen. It's always a better day and it helps you feel better about yourself because at least you lied to yourself and said you're going to do it. I'm going to try this out over here. Jennifer's using that big smile of hers. She must be guilty of procrastination. Amen. And, and this is a, really needs to be taught in every area of our life because procrastination could help you be healthier. It could help you be wealthier. I mean, the lack of procrastination could help you be healthier. It could help you be wealthier. It could help you be settled to where you can move through life with a lot of less stress if you just uh, access the now. Now, I really ain't concerned about your yard unless you live on my road and I got to look at it every day. I'm really not concerned how dirty your car is, but the Bible teaches that, that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you are a procrastinator, then according to the scripture, he that is not faithful over natural stuff is not faithful over... Uh, are you listening to me? In other words, if you have fell into a spirit of procrastination, chances are it bleeds over into your spiritual life, and tomorrow I'm going to pray. Tomorrow I'm going to fast. I wish somebody just wave at me if I'm somewhere in the ballpark. <laughs> Amen? So I feel God pulling me, and I hope I can pull you with me, amen, that if we could just conquer this one thing, we could change things in our lives. We could change things in our life. And then when you're in a spirit of procrastination, amen, uh, and, and it does come time to pray, but because you didn't pray the prayer in the season it was designed for, we're catching up in prayers. When if I would have done it in the season, I'd have done much better job on my weed eating. If I'd have done it when it was convenient, I would have took my time. I'd have done it with peace. Am I right about it? I'd have done it with a tranquility about me, and I would have enjoyed what I was doing. But because I put it in a season it was not designed to, it causes me to be in anxiety. Bible studies and prayer meetings are, 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 are for, uh, a lot of times done in anxiety because I'm catching up on what I should have been maintaining. It's good stuff. 
It's real. I know y'all can't say anything. Well, I want to talk about your faith now. Because, you know, we like to separate our faith from our life. We, we, that separation of church and state, we don't believe in that, but sometimes we live it. And we separate everyday life from my spirituality. And instead of maintaining a level of spirituality, I put it in increments or events. And I go into that place of prayer, church, Bible study, only to come out to live a natural life rather than allowing my spirituality to effect and influence every area of my life. That's what you call maintenance. Are y'all, are y'all listening to me? But I want to talk about that faith today. And living faith versus a dead faith. Let me try to define it the best I can. A living faith is a three-dimensional faith. Maybe I'll just write that down, and when I get through, maybe that'll mean something to you. A living faith is a three-dimensional faith. In other words, a living faith accesses all three dimensions of time. God don't dwell in time, and I'd like to talk about that, but I don't have the time to be able. God dwells in eternity. He don't have no past, present, and future. In God, everything is now. That's why the only, the only faith that has a grace on it is a, is a faith that's operating now. Why? Because God don't live in the past. He don't live in the future. He don't have. It's all now. Your future is God's now. Wow, that'll preach. Teach that, teacher. Amen. It's God's now. That's why the Bible says he'll go before you and prepare a place. Amen. It's simply because he's living in your today. Amen. And you hadn't even got there yet. But you and I are stuck in time. And time is divided into three dimensions. Past, present, and future. And a a three-dimensional faith will access All three dimensions. (coughs) Oh, it's so important that you write that down because we're going to talk about a dead faith in a minute. A living faith is continually accessing the past and the future to impact and affect my now. I can tell y'all are thinking with me. I'm going to say it again. A living faith is continually accessing the past and the future to impact my present. Amen. To impact my present. Amen. And you will always know if your past faith and your future faith is really affecting you now by your activity. I just feel like being awkwardly silent right now and just walking through this. Are y'all still with me? I want you thinking with me as we work this. Amen. It's always, your faith will even access your past. Amen. And it'll access it to the degree that it'll change my behavior right now. It'll encourage me right now. It'll strengthen me right now. Amen. Uh, Revelations, I think it's 12 and 11 said, they were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb 
and the word of their testimony. Sometimes, Cherish, sometimes my presence seems so hopeless, amen, that if I didn't have a living faith that could reach back into my past and pull a testimony into my now, I might be prone to be depressed and oppressed. But because I have a living faith, devil, you can't get me with my now. I'll reach back in my past and I'll, oh, somebody high five your neighbor and tell them to testify. Amen. A living faith will not faint when my presence seems to be in a hopeless state. It'll reach back, amen, and say, you know what? It looks pretty bad right now. But I remember one time, I remember one time when I didn't think I was going to make it and God picked me up and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, amen, and my faith has brought past into my now and it changes everything. It starts changing everything. Amen. I need you to tell your neighbor, testify. 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 Well, Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through right now. Amen. That's okay, David. David had a living faith. And David was standing face to face with a giant in his life. Amen. And when you look at, when you're David and you're looking at a 7, 8, 10, I don't know, 20 foot giant, he was big. He was 20 foot in my Bible. Amen. And it looks awfully hopeless. And you may be saying, what have I got to, uh, what have I got to stir my faith? Both feet broke. <laughs> what have I got to stir my faith? I'm in a pickle. I don't know what we're going to do. David looked at that big giant and said, you know what? I remember a lion came out against me. You know what? I remember a bear came out against me. And the same God that helped me then is going to help me. Somebody shout it now. Somebody ought to stand up right now. And say, testify, testify, testify. Amen. When I can't find something in the present, I'll pull it out of the future and I'll build my faith. My God, somebody help me right now. It's a living faith. You can't heal me in living faith. It don't forget. I come to stir you up, Peter said, by way of remembrance. You forgot. You forgot. Jesus, God knew how much we'd forget. Amen. That's why he, he told them, he said, when you cross the Jordan River, you get 12 rocks and you pile them up on the bank. So when you get discouraged and the kids don't know how you're going to make it, you bring them back to the You bring them back to the river and say, you see these 12 stones? You see that river? They came out of that river. They came out of that opposition. These stones came out of that dilemma. <laughs> oh my God. I knew this was going to be a good one. I just felt it. <laughs> Maybe that's what's wrong with you. You lost your testimony. You forgot. You forgot. He made a way when there didn't seem to be. You forgot. You forgot he was there. Taylor, don't forget he was there. As blessed as y'all are now, don't forget he was there. 
He was there. <laughs> I just need somebody to get that so I go, oh, don't forget, you wouldn't even be here if he hadn't have been there. <laughs> you wouldn't be here if he hadn't have been there. My God, they will overcome the enemy by the blood of Jesus and a testimony. You may say, I ain't got nothing to fight with. Well, did he call you out of darkness into this marvelous light? You got a testimony. Pull your testimony. Hey, David, pull your testimony out and start throwing. (laughs) Start throwing your testimonies at your enemy until he falls. That's what living faith does. A dead faith falls prey to their now. Feel me, Ricky? I feel you. I feel you. Somebody was saying, well, I ain't, got, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing to work with. I don't know no scriptures. <laughs> Listen to his teaching on Monday night. He'll make you know scriptures. Amen. I don't know no scriptures. I don't, you know, I, don't, I don't really know what to do. Well, let me tell you what Paul did. Paul stood on the stairs in chains. <laughs> Amen. Under the king that was about to cut his head off. And Paul didn't quote one scripture. You know what he began to do? He began to testify. I remember king. I was on my way to Damascus. And I had an encounter with God. I needed your testimony. Amen. I had an encounter with God. Hey, you can stand in shackles in your now. And pull your past in it with you, sister Jessica. That's all you need is a testimony. Some of you, he pulled you out of a hog pen. Some of them, he got you. Some of us, he got off a bar stool. Some he got out of a crack house. Some out of a, one of them houses. I think Jennifer frequented all those houses. Amen. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but some of you, he pulled out of a spirit of religion. Some of you, he broke in security. Is anybody in this place right now? Some of you never smoked a cigarette or said a cuss word, but you was lost like everybody else. Is anybody? And he pulled me out. Why? Woo. Somebody shout now. <laughs> Romans chapter 5 teaches us that I've been through enough to have hope right now. <laughs> Amen. You don't even know what you're going through right now. It's really giving you a, uh, what do you call those things that people a lot of money have? Portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell I don't have it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Are you listening to me? What you're going through, God's just building a portfolio. He said, I need a little put an investment over here. I need it in a little investment over there. I need you to go through some hell over here and hell over there. Because one of these days... You're going to stand in your now and draw money where you have made a deposit. My God, is anybody in this place? People who ain't never been through nothing freak out. Why? They have no past. (laughs) Golly, have y'all ever heard it preached like this? We're always talking about people's bad past. I've been through enough to know, honey. That's why, that's why I can take him a little newcomer. Come on, baby. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Trust me. Paul said, I'm going through what I've gone through so I can be a consolation to you when you start building your portfolio. 
<laughs> That's really good, ain't it? Yeah, so us older folks that's been through some stuff can come up beside them and say, that's okay, hang in there, baby. Hang in there because you're going to come out of it. You see, I'm the proof. Wherefore, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight of fear, doubt. The Bible says these things were written aforetime so that you could have help. My faith will reach back 2,000 years and get a hold of something. Oh, come on, God. Y'all got to help me with this. I said, when I don't have current affairs, amen, to get me through the day, I have a living faith that will transcend time. My faith is God. My faith is God. And it'll slip all the way back 2,000 years. And it'll find somebody I can relate to. These scriptures was written aforetime. So, number one, you could learn how to live, and number two, you could have hope in your now. Can I? Say now, baby girl, or boy, or whatever that is back there. There you go. He's helping me. But the thing about a living faith that not only does it reach back and affect my now, it's not limited by my tomorrow, it'll reach in tomorrow. I'm talking about a living, dead faith won't do this, Martha. Dead faith's two-dimensional. It only has past and future, and it never affects my now. The church went through, I believe in the coming of the Lord, but the church went through a season where they, they so got to harping on that he was about to come that everybody rejected their now. Uh, somebody shout balance. Huh? I believe he's coming. Matter of fact, that's one of the things that I attach my faith to according to uh, 1 Peter. I need to give you all that scripture. I want you to write it down. Uh, 1 John 3, 2 and 3 says, Beloved, right now we are the sons of God, yet it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he appears, we shall be like him. And whoever has this hope is purifying himself even... Oh, is anybody listening to me? So now my faith is not only pulling from the past, but because I believe what's coming, it changes the way I live now. Oh, I just don't know about you, amen. Because I know there's going to be a great getting up day, said the old Pentecostal preacher. I know he's going to split the eastern sky, amen. And he said, everybody that has that faith is living today like it might be today. Everybody that has a future hope is purifying himself. I need you to look at your neighbor and ask him, do you believe Jesus is coming? Come on, look him dead in the eye until he gets awkward. What I believe about my future affects how I live right now. Can somebody help me with that just a minute while I drink? Come on, right? Take some, oh, y'all take notes because we're going to talk about this Wednesday night. <laughs> Choking right now. My faith is three dimensional. 
Therefore, the devil can't do nothing with you when you have a living three-dimensional faith. Man, Lacey taught Wednesday night. Not this Lacey, that wave Lacey. Lacey number two taught Wednesday night. And she taught us out of the book of First Peter, wasn't it? Second Peter, and it says, God by his divine power has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Somebody shout, you got it. You got it when? Huh? What? Now, come on, somebody talk to me. You got it when? Right now. Right now. This changes everything about faith. Amen. If you're all, if you don't think you have it now, you're always discouraged about what you're trying to get. But when you come to the realization, I have it now, you start cultivating what you already have. You will not cultivate what you don't believe you have right now. He said, I'm not going to give you what you need to be godly. I've given you all things that pertain to the abundant life and godliness. Amen. Somebody slap yourself and say, I've got more than enough. i got more than enough. I am sufficient. God is sufficient. Somebody help me right now. My God, you are the righteousness of God. And when you start believing it, you just start walking in it. Win, right? Always struggling to get something we already have instead of cultivating that thing. It's just in seed form, but it's still there. <laughs> Amen. Uh, a kernel of corn is corn. It's just in seed form. Colossians said, and we are complete in him. Not I shall be. I'm complete. I'm complete. I'm trying to give you a living faith. When you start believing you're complete, you start acting complete. It'll just start manifesting itself. It's the trick of the devil, amen, to always be struggling with what should have been or what will be on some great day by and by, and it leaves you in oppression and depression right now, amen. But when you believe God has made a deposit in your spirit, amen, he give you salvation, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have the fullness of the Godhead living inside of you, amen. You have to know it's in there and begin to develop it right now. Right now. Right now. Tomorrow I'm going to be a better person. We're we're like Martha. Martha had a two-dimensional faith. She had a two-dimensional... She had no problem talking about the past. She also had no problem talking about the future. Remember, Lord, if you'd have been here, this would have been different. Jesus said, but I'm here now. And your brother's going to live again. Oh, religion kicked in. Yes, Lord, I know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
Is that that funny? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One day I'll have the victory. One day Jesus is going to come and I'm going to escape this old dreadful world and I'll be happy then. Is anybody listening to me? I'll have the victory then and I won't have anger problems then and I won't throw temper tantrums. Come on, I'm teaching better than y'all. Oh, one of these days in the great by and by, there's going to be a resurrection and come Lord Jesus, the devil is a liar. Amen. Are you listening to me? And we walk in defeat and discouragement. Amen. Never manifest in the life of Christ because we're just sitting back, surviving, waiting on the rapture of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is standing in your now saying, duh. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Say, hey, I am the resurrection. Oh, somebody. I am your life right here, right now. Now, if you'll start analyzing your prayer life, you'll find out how much you don't believe what I'm preaching. I'm serious. I have been. A living faith that can vacillate in the future. They started singing that song. How did, I was going to remember some words to a song. It just ain't in me. Did y'all sing? Did, did we do worship today? <laughs> I know how this story ends. Wow. Nailed it. I was thinking, do you really? Do you really? Has your faith went into the future and know how this thing's going to turn out? Has, has, has your faith is as is, is big of a turmoil as you're in right now, has your faith transcended prophetically into the future and you step back and say, oh my God. I couldn't help but think of you, Cherish, right now, sitting back out of a wheelchair. Amen. Somebody's having to wait on you. I know it's killing you. Amen. But let me tell you what your living faith will do. It'll sit right there in that wheelchair and it will reach into the future and say, you know what? You may be rolling me now, but I done seen how this thing ends, and I will rise again. I will beat this thing. Is anybody listening to me? I will overcome. Matter of fact, not, not, no, 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 no. I, I, see, I'm still religious. You won't be saying, I will overcome. You'll be saying, I have overcome. Pushing that wheel. I have. Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have. Well, Colossians teach us that he overcome the world on the cross. He ain't been to the cross yet, but he so could see the future. And he had a living faith that could know my father will not let my soul see corruption. And he will not leave my soul in hell. Jesus went to quoting. Are y'all catching all this? That's what living faith does. Living faith. will reach into the future and bring it into right now and you so believe it, you go ahead and worship on credit. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of money, but I got a really good name. I, got, I can walk in and buy anything I want to buy. I guess. I don't know. They may laugh at me if I wanted one of them $80,000 trucks. And I can walk in there and get that, and they'll give it to me. But they won't give me the title. So really, they still own it. But because I have such good credit, I'm enjoying it. 
Can I tell you, I'm just, boy, I'm driving one right now. That <laughs> I can get in it and mash a button and it just, everything starts going, windows and, you Then Patty can get in it, push another button and it goes down real low and you're up this close. I mean, I'm just enjoying it. I can push a button. The, the whole top comes off my car and my hair is just blowing. That wasn't a joke, Cooper. Well, hair like yours. <laughs> My hair is blowing. I'm enjoying what I actually don't have the title to yet. But <laughs> wait on me back there. But because I got such a great name, uh, me and my wife can just ride and ride. Well, let me tell you something about our God. He's got such a great name. You can go ahead. <laughs> He's got double. He's got such a great name. You can go ahead and enjoy peace right here, right now. Somebody ought to help me breathe. He's got such a good name. You can go ahead and shout when the enemy is surrounded. Oh, who am I preaching to? He's got such a good name. You can go ahead and sleep while the storm is raging. Hey! That's what living faith does. It reaches in the future and says, I don't really understand all this right here, but I'm going to rest while he works it out. Jessica gave a testimony of a living faith. How many of us would be rejoicing and praising God because you finna spend time locked up away from you? Is anybody listening to me? Huh? Amen. She has learned to reach into her future, pull it into now. See, you may think you have faith. But the real litmus test of your faith is how you're responding right now. What you believe about tomorrow should be affecting your actions today. If it's not, you got dead faith. I know this is touchy and I'm trying to be cool. When I look at you, you know what I see? I see somebody with some living faith. Because you think living faith is, a lot of people think living faith is God jumping through hoops. Performing like you think you ought to perform. Oh, come on now, I'm going to help somebody. That's, that's, that's what we think. You're going to teach on the desires of your heart. When you understand the true desires, you'll understand. No, God only answers prayers. He said he'd give you the desires of your heart when you pray. But it's when your desires line up with God's. So a lot of times we just want God to jump through hoops. Hoops. Are you following me? But let me tell you what a living faith does. Living faith will say, throw me in a fire. You can have my freedom, but you can't have my faith. I knew I needed her to testify. I was in the bathroom. I was putting on my mic in the bathroom. And God said, let that girl testify. Let that girl testify. A living faith will go through the fire and it'll bring Jesus into the fire with you. My God, somebody help me. A, a, a two-dimensional religious faith would have been saying, God, where are you at? 
Why am I having to go through what I'm going through? Is anybody, I know I'm helping somebody. Amen. That's a two-dimensional religion. If you would have only been here, I wouldn't have went through what I went through. No, a living faith will stand in the fire in such faith. You'll start looking around and there's a fourth man in the fire and his name is Jesus. Is anybody listening to me? That's what a living faith does. Living faith, if what you believe prophetically, historically, biblically, is not affecting your psyche in the now, you have a dead faith. That's big. I'm trying to pull it back up. That came by the Holy Ghost. If what you believe prophetically, promissorily about your future and your past is not affecting your psyche in the now, you have a dead faith. In other words, you say, oh, I believe, but I'm living in turmoil. Well, obviously, I don't know how this story is going to end. You ever wondered why the hero of the story could get in, in the show you're watching can be in such, and you're, on, you're biting your nails, and you're just on edge? He's acting like it's a walk in the park. You want to know why? He's done acted out the last part of that show. He knows I make it out of this. That's what faith does. Faith knows I'm going to make it out. Can I throw something else in here a while ago? Right now, a while ago, I preached on the coming of the Lord. But one of these days... I don't know when or how much time I got left, but one of these days they're going to lay me in a casket right in front of this church. Amen. I'm going to lay right here. No, I'm going to be on my deathbed one of these days. And I'm going to be laying in my bed. And all my kids is going to be around me. And all my, those that, that, that I love and will let in are going to be around me. Uh, amen. And they're going to be saying, oh, Dad, don't go. Well, I don't know about Josh, but the rest of me said, <laughs> Dad, Dad, you get that wheel filled out? I mean, what insurance, everything like that? <laughs> I'm just saying it is what it is. <laughs> Amen. But even in my death, Gracie, before I take my last dying breath, there's going to be a smile on my face. And I'm going to bid my children farewell. You want to know why? Because my faith has done went into the future. And I know what my future holds. Why should I be squirming? Why should I be afraid when I know what my future holds? This faith is unbelievable. This living faith. I want to give you just a few pointers here of how you know if you got dead faith or if you got living faith. If you are constantly, if you're a Christian, can I just be real? And you live in constant turmoil of worry, fear, and doubt. I just come to tell you, you have faith all right, but it's dead. I want to take it three phases. Next step is if you're just surviving to make it through every day, Praying, come Lord Jesus. 
God, come get me out of this mess. You have a religious dead faith. When Jesus said, if all I'm doing is looking for heaven to get out of here, I'm not accessing a faith for my now. When Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. So instead of a dead faith that's wanting to go there, why don't we live in a now faith that brings heaven here? Now. I don't know about y'all, but I mean, thank God for peace in heaven, but I need some now. <laughs> I won't need no money in heaven. I'll need some now. <laughs> it's my money and I want it now. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Am I challenging your faith? My faith is being flipped upside down, which leads me to have faith in God. Then he defines it. When you pray, believe you've received it, and then you shall have it. I've been asking God, why is the supernatural happen, not happening like I know it should be? And why is there so many unanswered prayers? He said, your faith is a, is a witness against you. Or your prayer is a witness against you. You're always thinking future, 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 future. When you bring it into now, you start getting adamant about actions now. All of a sudden, if nothing else, instead of embracing some great day by and by, you'll at least start getting aggravated. I'm, I'm just being real. What if we believed so much we were disappointed when it didn't happen instead of being so surprised when it does? A lot of people don't know why prayer is not being answered. This message is answering that question. Am I? Am I? Somebody wave at me. Because we're always just talking about future. Something's going to happen in the future. How do I know if I really believe? Well, how does what you believe for affect your response now? Yeah. Jehoshaphat was facing an army he knew he couldn't conquer. They went to praying. God speaks and says... This battle is not yours. I'm going to destroy everybody. Prophetic word come in. The prophet spoke up. You know what they did? Laid down weapons, got tambourines and guitars, and went out to battle worshiping. What they believed was going to happen tomorrow affected their behavior today. Is what you believe about your God and what he's going to do for you, have they affected your behavior today? They prayed for rain, Kobe. They prayed for rain. So... <clears throat> Amen. And the only way they could bring tomorrow's rain into today was start digging ditches. Are we even digging ditches? Are we even making preparation? Are we even mentally prepared to receive what we're asking, ask, uh, believing for? Come on now, I ain't screaming, but I'm teaching. I mean, is your, is your behavior, has your mind been released from turmoil because you prayed a prayer that, God, you're going to bring me through this? Come on, Cherish. I'm glad you're here today. I'm just going to zero in on you. Amen. Hey, listen to me. Oh, now remember he said, if you have faith and doubt not, here's the struggle of a living faith. Amen. Living faith will try to bring both realms into your now, but your now will try to push it out. Somebody help me, amen. So you got to start digging ditches and God, so you're actually believing you have received what you prayed for. My God. 
woman said, they're coming to get my sons. They're going to sell my sons. They're going to sell my sons. What am I going to do? He said, what do you got in the house? I ain't got nothing but a little old prayer. <laughs> I ain't got nothing but one little old prayer. He said, well, go gather some vessels. She so believed it was coming that her activity in her now changed. God Almighty. Her, you could look at her. No wonder James said, you say you got faith? Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You can look at behavior and see faith. What? Somebody tweet that. You can also look at behavior and see doubt. Doubt. If I'm living, if I'm living in turmoil, I don't have a living faith. I didn't say we wasn't going to go through nothing, Nita. But I can bring what I believe into my now, and I can have peace now. I can rejoice now. Your Bible says that we speak things that are not like they already were. I start reaching out, grabbing the future, and bring it in my now, just like it's now. And my behavior and demeanor starts responding to what I believe about my future. Wow. That's what faith does. That's what faith does. Y'all know it's 1145? I just don't know if y'all want to know. I'm not through. I'm just telling y'all what time it is. There were ten lepers. Let me give you a few more and we'll close down. There were ten lepers that needed to be healed. They came to Jesus. He says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, if they'd have had a dead two-dimensional faith, they'd have went in depression because they seen nothing in there now. But because of the prophetic word of God, Jesus Christ himself. The Bible said they started walking out in their now what they believed was coming tomorrow. Or ever how long it took to get to the Jerusalem. Isn't that powerful? Are y'all receiving this teaching, this revelation from the Lord? I mean, they're still decrepit. They're still missing fingers. They're still missing toes. Amen. So now the word is being a lamp unto their feet and a light. They're just walk, they're, they got a living faith that is bringing what he said into my now. So I'm going to start moving in that direction. How many of us are not even moving in the same direction we're praying about? Is this too much for y'all? Isaiah 54 and 1 says, Sing, O barren, who's never born a child, and start spreading your tents because you're about to give birth. Faith is always projecting the future. <laughs> Amen. And when you start singing, when you start dancing, not because, amen, everything right now is great, but because you believe in your God, amen, it kicks open the windows of heaven and the future is sucked into your now. We're missing the supernatural power of God because we have a past and a future faith and we don't know how to get it into our now. I'm challenging you. Right now, get this in your spirit. I want you to start pouring over scriptures. I want you to start looking at what <coughs> a living faith looks like. Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. 
Faith comes by hearing. Your, faith, your, your now faith has to be stirred with what you're saying out of your mouth about your future. Let me help somebody right now. I'm going to quit 412 if it... Uh, listen, let me help you right now. Amen. You will never manifest an identity tomorrow that you can't embrace today. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Write it down, somebody, because I'll forget it. I want it wrote down. You will never manifest... You will never manifest an identity tomorrow that you do not embrace today. That's why... He changed Abram's name to Abraham. Abraham. Amen. Abraham meant father of the multitude. So Abraham had to accept his identity and start declaring it before he could manifest it. Come on now, I'm teaching on faith on a level we've never dealt with before. Amen. That I start partnering with. Amen. Right in the middle of this, Tammy sent me a text this morning. Amen. It reminded me of the scripture when Abraham was going to take his son up on the mountain to kill him. You know what he told them at the bottom of the mountain? He said, yeah. He said, y'all wait here. We're going to go worship and we will be back. You know what that tells me? Abraham went up there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my, oh, my God. I don't know if I can do it or not. I don't know if I can. Are you kidding? Abraham pulled the future into his now. And said, don't worry about it. We'll be back. You know why? Because Hebrews says he believed God was going to raise him from the dead. Is this the kind of faith we have? I'm not fretting. I'm going to kill my son. He was going to kill. He, in his mind, his son was dead when he left the house. That's right. That's scriptural. You can study it. In his mind, he was dead. But also in his mind, God was going to resurrect him. So it wasn't a dreadful trip. He brought his future. Are y'all getting this? This is going to be good uh, life group stuff right here. It can be worked in so many ways. So I'm going to ask you, do you have a living faith? Or do you have a dead faith? He told Joshua, I've already given you the land. He said, everywhere you put sole your foot, I've already given it to you. We're standing, waiting on some day he's going to give me that. No, he's already given it to you. You, by faith, have got to go put your foot on it. It's bliss. Yesterday and tomorrow is so safe. It's so safe. God's going to, God's going to, God's going to. The church will shout all day on what God's going to. But Martha, when you start coming back, say, no, 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 no. Right now? Uh, let me go get married, Jesus. Just wait here. I'll be back. Why? It confronts our faith. Are y'all receiving this teaching today? It confronts our faith. I'm not just talking about healing. I'm talking about the ability to walk through anything. I'm not talking, we go through lots of things, divorces and sicknesses and losses and that people right here have been through. Faith, even in those losses, will reach and grab the goodness of God and bring it right here and help me make it through it. That's what my faith will do. It's alive. That's what it'll do. It'll help me make it through it. 
I'm going to close out with this, this concept. And I've always struggled with it. I didn't know what to do with it. But with this sermon here, I think, it, I think maybe you can, it's palatable. Can y'all receive one more nugget and I'll quit? Jesus is not far from the cross. Peter's telling him, I ain't going to let them take you. Oh, he had faith, didn't he? He ain't taking you long as I'm here. Jesus turned around and told him, said, Peter, before this night's over, you're going to blow it three times. <laughs> Tell me you're going to be with me. But he made a statement that's always just stuck in me. But I prayed for you that your faith don't fail. You just told him he's going to blow it three times. But then you turn around and said, I'm praying for you that your faith don't fail. And Jesus has never prayed a prayer that didn't get answered. So I come to the conclusion, if you have a living faith, even when you blow it, it'll Even when you blow it, it'll bring you back. Oh, somebody, somebody, even, oh, 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 now, now I, I'm always scared to teach this because I was afraid that, that y'all would just give it as a license to see it. The Bible says, train up a child in a way, when you deposit faith right, no matter what they get into, I'm standing on faith believing there's a faith down in there that they know where the Father's house is. Now, let me help you with it as a believer. When you're going through something really drastic, every now and then you trip. Oh, y'all can't, y'all ain't saying nothing if you ain't been through nothing. You're, you'll trip and your flesh will try to go into fear. Thank you. Your flesh will go into doubt. And if you don't understand what Jesus was talking about, you will destroy yourself because your flesh blew it. But in reality, if you have a living faith, it won't be long. It won't be long. That living faith will rise back up and say, no, no, you're going to make it. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but they'll get right back up. Why? Because that old flesh will get weak every now and then, but there's enough living faith. There. Religious faith won't do this for you. So don't beat yourself up because you got the wind knocked out of you. Because there's an intercessor sitting on the right hand of God making intercession for you, and he's praying your faith don't fail you. People around you will say, you blew it, you blew it, you blew it. And Jesus is saying, no, there's a faith in there. God Almighty, that's good stuff. No, there's a living faith in there. It's gonna, are, you, are you saying I can just blow it? And that ain't what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying what Jesus said. If there's a living faith in there, it'll pick you back up. Cherish, you may be there. Have you had any negative thoughts lately? No, not cherish. My point, that old devil's going to throw some things 
and your demeanor, your disposition, your joy may fall down. But if you got to live in faith in y'all, just give me a minute. Oh, somebody looked at your neighbor right now and say, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Amen. Don't judge me because I've been cast down. Because we're cast down, but we're not forsaken. I got to live in faith. I will rebuild. Anita, we will rebuild. I'll rebuild better than it was before. My God, I feel it. Whatever that was. <laughs> Interpret it, somebody. Anointing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Spirit of interpretation. So don't, don't judge me when I'm in the valley because I'm just going down here building a resume. Oh, I feel something breaking. Don't judge me down here. I'm building a resume. Amen. Because I got a faith that's a mountain climbing. And I'll be, my fingernails will be white. But I'm coming up the rough side. Why? Because I believe. My God, am I helping anybody today? Don't, 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 don't get depressed. Because remember, Peter blew it pretty bad. Cussed, carried on, warmed by the fire of the world. Jesus said, I, I, Jesus in his heart said, I mean, it ain't in your Bible, but I know Jesus. Me and him are. He was saying, I know Peter. And Peter was so dedicated, he's going to be beating himself up because his behavior. This is a word for somebody. I just felt it. He's going to be beating himself up because his behavior. So I want you to get all the apostles and, oh, yeah, tell Peter to come. <laughs> tell Peter to come because you're going to have to tell Peter I gave him a personal invitation because he's thinking he blew it and he's not worthy. So I'm giving you a personal invitation, Peter. You're welcome at my table because your faith, amen. Somebody help me. Your faith held you. My God, I feel like revelation is flowing in this house today. You got to get it. I've just poured all the seed I have in you. Stand with me all over this building. I've poured all the seed I have in you. Now you got to conceive. You got to conceive. You got to ask yourself the question, where is my faith? Is it dead? Is it alive? Is it on life support? Or where is my faith? Real soft to begin with, real soft. Dylan, I have so much going on in my life right now. Spiritually, I, I've got responsibilities, you know, that I, I don't even need to tell you about because it don't matter. But things I'm having to work on and prepare for, for the big picture out there, it, it takes so much time of the preparations and the groundwork that's being done right now for multitudes of churches. It's just, and I've been so feeling inadequate put in positions that I feel like I can't even measure up to and I've been so so just in it to the point to where what about my people Sunday morning what about life church Sunday morning I got to bring it I got to I got to I got to feed I got to have seed 
And God began to point me in this direction, but I still didn't feel like I put the proper time that would soothe my conscience. So I stood up here this morning and followed the Holy Ghost. And how many feel like you've been fed? How many feel like you've been fed? I feel like seed from heaven has been poured out and he met me here. And he's met you here. And I feel like what I've just taught you is revolutionary. That it will help you understand why I'm not walking in the fullness. It's because I have a two-dimensional. You have just enough faith to hold on to one day in the future. It may get better. But it's not a living faith that will grab that future and bring it into now. Do you realize that's what a miracle is? Taylor, that's what healing is. Healing is like if I had a broke leg. If I had a broke leg. <laughs> I'm sorry, chairs. I ain't picking on you. We're after this kind of faith to where if I have a broke leg, a miracle is when if it healed naturally, it would take months. But a miracle takes months of healing and brings it into the now. That's how powerful faith is. When we really learn to operate in it. Well, we want to do it right now. Well, can I tell you, we got to start cultivating this doctrine we got to start cultivating the doctrine when? Now. First of all, i got to get my mind right. Am I even to ha able to have peace and joy when my now is in chaos? Or am I just going to say, well, one of these days it's going to light out. I need you to receive this message on whatever level you're on. And I'm going to continue to indoctrinate you now with the truth of the word until we become now people. And, and here's what I'm afraid of. Y'all still with me? Still early. We think the now is everything happens right now. But now can consist of a period of time. But I'm still in my now. And you can tell by the way I'm acting. I'm digging. I'm gathering vessels. I can tell I'm in my now by my worship. I can tell in my now by the vocabulary coming out of my mouth. We have the spirit of faith, said Corinthians said, therefore we speak. It's crazy sound. Not only, bliss, not only does faith reach into the future on things that can't be seen and pulls them into the now, faith will hear things your natural ear can't hear and bring it into your now. Elijah said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Then he went in travailing prayer. <clears throat> he heard it from God and gave birth to it in prayer. Oh my God, I want to teach that one. He said, I hear the three and a half year drought. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Wasn't a cloud in the sky. I went up on the mountain and travailed before God and gave birth to what he heard. Is that where we miss it? We hear a promise, but we don't conceive it and give birth to it. Hey! I'm trying to grow your faith up. I've been giving altar calls lately and the prophetic word's been flowing like crazy. And I just pray to God you're being a good steward to what God is saying over you. But I need you to know something. The Holy Ghost just spoke to me about somebody in this building 
who has a faith down in you. You have a faith down in you, but your life, you've blown it. And you're waiting until you can get your act together to come back to God. Peter, Peter, come on. Peter, come on. Do you realize there were two men who blew it? One was Peter, one was Judas. You know what the difference between Judas and Peter was? Peter had a revelation of Christ. Remember? He said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. That's the faith Jesus was praying wouldn't fail. Judas didn't have that faith. He had a religious dead faith. And he hung himself. That's the difference. There's a Peter in this place. I need the church praying for me. I'm working by the Holy Ghost. There's a Peter in this place who thinks, I got to get this right. I got to quit doing that. I got to make this right. No, there's a faith in you. God wants to resurrect right now. Come on. You step out of your seat right now, Peter. Don't you wait another minute because you're about to become a leader in the kingdom of God. That Peter may be a man. That Peter may be a woman. Come on, come on, come on. Jesus has given you a personal invitation. Now, now, right now. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. No, Jesus, my scripture, Ricky, was now is the day of salvation. Amen. Somebody gives the Lord hand praise as this young lady is coming to an altar. Somebody else. Somebody else. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Come on. Wow. 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 Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. Now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the accepted. God is raising this man up right here. God is raising this man up. You will be a leader in the kingdom of God. You will be a leader in the kingdom of God. Peter was the one who said, if you're going to kill me, kill me upside down. Oh, my God. My God. I feel an anointing in this place. Come on, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. You turn it for good. Right now, right now, right now. In the name. Right now, right now, right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Something is happening. Turn my mic up. Well, praise the Lord. Something's happening right now. Right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. Right now. Amen. Cherish, he's working right now. Right now, worshiping Terry. Just thanking Terry. He's working right now. You did a double shot about your time. You did a double shot about your time. Right now, Amanda. Right now. Right now. Right now. 
right now. Single bearing. Single bearing. Right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Come now. Come right now. My God, my God, my God, my God. You don't know that you're not going to see your victory. Right now. 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 Your faith, your faith, your faith is going to raise you up. Your faith, your faith. Come on, right there where you're standing. Worship, worship. Bring your future into now. Bring your future into now. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Right now, right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. got just a few minutes before baptism I need you right where you're standing now you've received the word when we go into worship again Jehoshaphat I need you to bring your victory into now you may be missing some things like a leper but bring it into now Jehoshaphat all I need you to do is worship like you believe your future is secure. I, I just need you to worship like it's done because God says when I speak, it's inalterable. It cannot be changed by the enemy, but you got to bring it into reality. You got to bring it into reality. So we're going to start worshiping again, and I'm not going to lay hands on you, but I need you to go to a place to where you conceive what I preached. And you start speaking some things, declaring some things, praying some things for just a few minutes. 
Listen to me. Oh, I had this scripture that's perfect for right now. Listen to what this scripture says. Ecclesiastes says, He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. If you are constantly looking for an opportune time to walk in victory, it'll never come. Quit looking at circumstances and worship now. Dance now. Declare now. Come on, we got a few minutes. Come on. As they worship right now, right now. I declare in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 